0: And it's about having those individuals connected before you need them. One of the big pieces is having your CPA, having the legal, having all your ducks in a row, having the lender, all of these pieces. And you need it before you start. Yes. Like a lot of people say, oh, well, I'll get it once I
1: find a deal. You're not going to find a deal if you don't get it. Exactly. So like when you're looking for deals, a lot of people say, oh, I just all I need is a good deal. And I say, what is that?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And (laughs) um, they may not know. And I'm like, well, have you talked to property management? Have you talked to investors? Have you talked to banks? Have you like, what is a good deal? Are you a new self-storage investor and want to know what that facility is worth? what the risk is, how to underwrite it. Well, that's exactly what we do in a feasibility study. A feasibility study, we actually look at the market for you. We look at the finances, the underwriting, we show you where the upside is, the downside and all the risk. That is actually what you can provide to banks to get capital and investors. It's a big worksheet, which most banks actually require. So if you wanna know what a storage facility is worth that you're looking at, Come to us, follow the link in the show notes, and we will tell you. Okay, everybody, we are just still going. We are doing this two-part series. If you did not listen to the first part, we went through all the day-to-day operations on the ground of a storage facility. Now, there's two sides, and this is why it's a two-part. We have the ongoing, on-the-ground, day-to-day operations of a storage facility, but then you have the business of storage, and that is the back end these two things are different things, even though if you're starting out, it may be one thing to you, right? You do all of it. And this is how we started out. It was just operating a storage facility, right? Now, but there's a very clear delineator and we need to talk about that and it needs to be set up that way. So uh, first we can kind of group together what the business of storage is. Now, the business of self-storage I view as acquisitions. You have Funding mechanisms, asset management, um, you have accounting, um, uh, you legal. have huh
0: legal, legal,
1: yeah, accounting HR aspect. You have legal, um, and uh, a lot of these core business things that actually have to take place, and the facility can't operate obviously without them. You can't even buy them now how we see the vast majority of companies built out looks something like this. The functions and the functionality of everything that goes into storage is is broken up. So you have property management, asset management, acquisitions, funding, banking, right? All these separate things that are all being coordinated to execute um, into ownership of the asset, uh, which is fine. You can carve it all out. And that's how most everybody does it um, we do don't do that we do it all internal um, everything from our tech everything
0: Yeah, it might be better for you guys to um, deploy something that's already out of the box right it might be more effective and efficient oh, yeah. for you to come in and say I'm gonna use that development firm or this Especially legal firm. starting out yeah you don't don't think that you have to come in and just have everything day one no we,
1: we that took us I 15 mean, years yeah I was gonna say like, that <laughs> no we didn't I think at that's all. A common, went to a broker went to a bank yeah found some money and then started figuring out how to operate them. Exactly. You know, and and so I think that when you are looking at saying, I want to be in the business of storage, AJ, not just a passive investor, then you need to really understand things like valuations, underwriting projections. You need to be in the industry. You need to be looking at acquisitions. You need to be looking at the market um, and you need to be figuring out what are all the things that go to close? So how do I close on this asset? Now, who are all the parties that I need? title banks investors right all these people have to come together we need the insurance there we need property inspection reports we need all of these things to acquire from there to operate it we need property management we need our asset management and then we need the back end accounting insurance um, and legal Mm -hmm. and these are ongoing things right so those things never stop these are perpetual things that are going on. Even if you don't do any of them, you are coordinating all of them. So you may not be the property manager. um, You're most likely gonna be the asset manager or what are you doing? Uh, So the asset manager, and then you are um, finding a CPA to do the finances. You have your attorney firm, right? That's um, doing that. But all of the coordination of these things is actually a lot. Like it's not a small amount that goes into, Uh, the business overall of storage and that's why too once you get it and get good at it most people go to scale because if they're doing it then doing the back end stuff the business for one well it's very it's not very much more effort to do it for two or three Mm -hmm. and that's how we got so the day-to-day operations from one to two is a direct increase so it, is, it, it, it follows immediately, obviously, because now you have two projects. The back end, that is where scale comes in. Mm-hmm. And so that is where I can do the same thing for three facilities, and it doesn't exactly rep, uh, replicate my work, mm-hmm. right? Um, in fact, as you get big, bigger, you actually usually get better, mm-hmm. and you get more, more efficient. efficient, and you mm-hmm. grow margins. Uh, and then those efficiencies, you can start to translate down to the asset. And so then all of a sudden, if you're a property manager, obviously, you get more efficiencies as you get more. Um, And so you can help that and that can grow. But uh, the back end management part uh, is a full time thing.
0: Mm -hmm. No, it really is. It's uh, and it's about having those individuals connected before you need them. One of the big pieces is having your CPA having the legal having, all your ducks in a row, having the lender, all of these pieces ready to go prior to the time that you need them and uh, have those relationships built as you continue to grow and scale and build out your your storage empire. And you need it before you start. Yes. Like a lot of people say, oh, well, I'll get it once I find a deal. You're not going to
1: find a deal if you don't get it. Exactly. So right. y- like when you're looking for deals, a lot of people say, oh, I just, all I need is a good deal. And I say, what is that? Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> they may not know and i'm like well have you talked to property management have you talked to investors have you talked to banks have you like what is a good deal like what does it even mean and if you don't have that stuff together lots of times you don't know right right because you haven't asked what legal structure is the best how if i have an investor what do they want if i have a property management company what is the difference between thirty thousand square feet and sixty thousand square feet and what should i be pre- pre- prepared for what are the economics of those size of facilities and locations that make them bigger and better. That comes down to the business of storage. You need to know what you do. You need to have your buy box and you need to be ready to execute on that buy box and the people you're working with need to know. Mm -hmm. So it shouldn't just be a surprise where it's like, oh, we're developing and your bank's like, yeah, I'm not okay with you developing. I didn't, we didn't ever talk about this. And then all of a sudden you're like, but I already got the land. you know, you, you really need to have all these parties because it is a team and you have to work together as a team. So the business of storage isn't nearly as consistent. It comes, it goes, you have opportunities, you have closings, you have the ongoing maintenance things, right? But then you have refis, you have sales, you have big periodical things that you gotta be taking care of. Insurance renewals, right? All of that, that, do, that trickled down to the facility. So you have to be completely aligned and you have to be, Um, leveraging other people, both knowledge, time, and resources to be efficient. So what it takes to be really good at being a property manager, I believe is micro, meaning that you do everything yourself and you're good at it. I know my units. I know my locks right? I know who's paying what. I know when they moved in. I know who's not paying, who's the problem tenant. I know which doors are giving me problems and it's probably going to break down. I know exactly my neighbors and my competitors right here and what they're doing and rates that are changing. Micro, and you need to be good at it and you need to execute micro, meaning immediately. The business of storage is differently. You don't need to know everything about all this stuff. You need to be really good at the macro. You need to have the relationships. You need to create the conditions of opportunity. And you need to understand the broader aspects of it to figure out how you play in that sandbox and then execute micro. It is a very different hat you're wearing than the micro, right? You, When you put on the business of storage, you think about things differently. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times, People get that mixed up. First of all, I think you have one side of the hat that all they are is the business. They've never operated, they don't know anything. And that makes up the vast majority of funds and people that come in, right? right? They have the business hat and it's all about scale. It's all about using capital and they get, oh, it's the spreads, right? Things like that. And they don't get the micro and then the micro trips them up. Um, Then you have the other side that's micro and they don't get anything about the macro and think that they don't need to. Mm. And that trips them up. They're not able to execute. They have missed opportunity and they get caught
0: and uh, you you've got to really marriage these things together if you want to grow maybe you're buying your first facility maybe you're a seasoned veteran whatever that might be you're going to need property management software and that's where tenant inc comes in the top solution in the self-storage industry i'm telling you guys this technology has been developed by self-storage owners and operators just like us and it is one of the most robust and usable and actionable and valuable tools in regards to property management that you could ever utilize or find in the technology realm be sure check out tenant inc link is in the show notes now i strongly
1: believe in growth uh because i think for the most part people are investing in this asset to create wealth, income, and financial freedom. Well, especially if you're starting small, lots of time, that's not going to do it, right? If you have a facility that makes $5,000 a month, gross, right? Well, you could have one thing at that facility could happen that could just eat away all your profit. And storage is so specialized that once you get good at it, you actually see more opportunities and realize that maybe the opportunity that you had isn't nearly as good as you thought. So now you wanna exit out of it and go capitalize on this other one, because now that you've done it, you can see the world differently. These are This is the business of storage, right? And you need to get good at it, um, even if you have one facility, because you need to be able to see those opportunities. And especially you guys, if you have investors, it is your job to be the asset manager. Now, even if you don't, you are the asset manager even if you're not running the facility. I can't believe how many people, I'm shocked that they don't know anything about the manager of the facility, and they're like, ah, well, I got a property management company. And I'm like, well, are they doing a good job? Yeah, I mean, I get my checks, everything else I got, but they they don't even know what that means. Mm -hmm. So for all they know, they may be doing a horrible job. There may be so much money sitting on the table that they don't know because the property management company isn't a good one and not doing a very good job on that location, but the owner doesn't even know. So. Like you, you can't be, I do not believe you can be just one unless you are a passive investor, meaning you are investing with people that do the business of storage. That's obviously different. That know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And <laughs> they should be the ones then that are being held accountable.
0: Mm-hmm. They're doing
1: asset management. They're doing property management. They're looking at changes. They're informing you. Markets change. It's not good because it is not a set it and forget it. This is not, the world doesn't work in an even Time frame where nothing changes, right? Um, and you do not want to get caught because you were just sitting by riding the wave. And if you guys are invested with somebody that especially is new to this, they don't even know what they don't know. Right. I didn't.
0: Mm-hmm. How, could you? How could
1: you? They haven't done it. And so you need to make sure that you are watching those people and that they're On top of it, that's literally their job. That's my job. My job is to be the best storage operator in the world. It is to know everything about this asset. And we spend huge amounts of time trying to learn what we don't know and find our faults and trying to improve the business of storage, right? We invest millions into it. Um, And so there are lots of opportunities, right? And you at least need to have your bearings. Once again, like I said, you don't need to know how to do any of it right? But you do need to know the questions to ask who to hire. Mm -hmm. And if you want to be doing it, if you want to actually do it yourself, then you need to become proficient. Don't do something that's going to put yourself in financial trouble. There's no reason. Don't do it. Don't do it at all. If you're going to be the asset manager, no questions to ask about the property. Go take tours with the property management company. Go uh, benchmark them with other property management companies, right? Mm -hmm. Ask the questions and dive deep into it.
0: No, you're exactly right. And uh, I think you made a really good distinction there is like, are you going to do it? Or are you going to invest passively? Or are you going to do it with a team of people really identifying what it is that you truly want Don't just look at AJ or look at whoever and just say, Yep, I'm going to go do that. Like what really fits with you, your goals, what you want to achieve and become because I'm telling you right now to build a company to do this, like what what we're building here every single day. It's something that you're going to dedicate your entire life to yeah absolutely. it's not like just some small oh, i'm just going to do this or do that and have yeah. a few people and do this thing you're, you're really truly dedicating your life to doing that thing and again especially if you're bringing those investors in right yes um so make those decisions wisely in the front end and like you said as well you don't have to know and do everything just make sure you get people that do do um, and, and i don't think i would ever go off just having worked with you guys in, in, in a number of different ways over the last several years, I don't think I would ever go start anything on my own ever. Yeah, it's and so hard. Again, yeah, it just it doesn't make a ton of sense. I would much rather go find the people who have done it, hire them, partner with them, whatever that is, consult with them, and really understand, okay, what do I not know? Yeah. Right? So building the business side of this, so, so important. Don't just go get, you know, some random attorney that has done some real estate yeah. stuff or some broker the professionals. Yes.
1: It, it, these mistakes on the business side, you guys, the mistakes are, are, are big and this is time. And it, it's, it's like leveraging. It's one thing if you miss a door that somebody or you missed somebody from paying and you didn't give a late p- payment, right? Things like that. When you set up a legal structure that is bad, when you get bad financing that you get caught in, when these things are huge, Like these are the difference of taking you down or not. So the business of self-storage is like leveraging and you need to do it right. Um, And it too, I I wanted to be very clear that the reason we built what we did was because we didn't have a choice. So a lot of people are like, oh, well you did it this way and that's the correct way to do it. We did it this way because there was no other way. There was no property management companies. We couldn't hire them. (laughs) That's a good reminder, yeah. (laughs) It's the only thing we had. We just had to do what we had to do, right? and every single time frame guys opportunities change and that's why on the podcast we're trying to keep you guys updated we're trying to let you know what's going on so you can take care of take advantage of the opportunities today what i'm doing today and how i'm taking advantage of the marketplace is not what i did back then and start out because it's different right and so um the only way you can do that is if you have professionals and if they're working with you to build a business that you can take advantage of today's opportunities. That means you have to be able to spot them. You have to know them, right? So, if you're serious about building a self-storage business, right, it is different. It is not the same thing as investing in a self-storage or even just buying one small one that's passively. Now, once again, you don't have to. There's no reason to. Um, you don't have to do it at all. You can invest with other people. You could just buy one small one. You know, you don't need. But if you are serious about it, um, you, you like like Connor was saying, long-term view here. Don't think that this is a quick thing. It can happen fast, but you need to have a long-term view. And you need to surround yourself with the best and professionals, because I know there's a lot of um, uh, particularly young guys that listen to this uh, podcast. And a lot of guys that are hungry, they're ready to get out there and they're ready to do it. And I love that because I consider myself one of those people, right? And uh, so uh, it's awesome. I relate strongly to that. Um, And all I would say is that you make up so how you go fast, and how you go fast by relying and leveraging on others that have already done it. Because if not, you can't go fast, because you have to learn those lessons for yourself. Mm -hmm. And those are expensive, time consuming lessons so the faster you want to go the better your team has to be around you and that's just how it works
0: no it's so true with that said if you were if you were to go back what would you do differently when you started to go faster um so
1: our biggest problem was capital Mm. Uh, we didn't take investor capital so we had to accrue it all uh so me and my dad we worked i mean I didn't get, I I took no money out of our storage business for like six, seven years working full-time in it Mm -hmm. Um, because all the money just went back in. We just poured it all back in. in fact, we worked other jobs and we started businesses. We sold our brokerage firm. I started another brokerage firm. So, So our way of getting capital was really hard. I would like, There's so much easier ways than saying oh we're gonna get capital by starting other businesses flipping them and then putting it into this business (laughs) uh so I, i wasted a lot of time i think doing that but um we didn't know what we didn't know and so um leveraging other people once again that's how i would have done better um we would have leveraged investors and we would we should have leveraged uh attorneys that actually knew and could have told us early on Maybe what we thought wasn't real, which that's what I found out because our, our, our big thing that we were scared of is that we would lose complete control of our company, that it was so risky, right? Only to find out that that's actually not true. And there's lots of ways to do it that that doesn't happen. I was like, oh, so basically, because I didn't ask and I didn't lean on, on experts, I went years assuming something that wasn't true. Um. Yeah, I know, that's stupid. You don't need to remind me, people. But that's, uh, you know, I I think we do that a lot more. So uh, yeah, so you should really get a hold of all all those experts. In my defense, there was not a lot of people that did storage. So
0: it's not like that was a
1: plethora of options. (laughs) And uh, two, even like when you looked at securities back then, very different than today. Uh, So the opportunities, once again, today, I didn't have. We didn't have technology like you do today. We did not have brokers that specialized in storage like you do today. We don't, we didn't have investors that wanted storage. Lenders. Lenders that wanted storage. I mean, it is easier to get started in storage than when I did. Now It's incomprehensible how much easier it is. Like you are magnitudes further ahead if you have nothing to get started in storage because so many people have them, wanna sell them, wanna buy them. Investors wanna be in them. And there's so many resources now to do it, right? I didn't have books. There wasn't podcasts, there wasn't social media. It, it, we were constrained and we had to learn everything ourselves. And that is a really slow, hard way to build a business. Um, but we could have done it better that way, but too, in the times we were a little constrained.
0: I think it's important too, that no matter how many resources there are nowadays, um, you are going to have to learn by trial and error. Like you talked oh, a lot about, about the applied yeah. knowledge versus you yes. know, learned. Um, and those different aspects, you are always going to have to, at some point, just simply do what it takes yes. to succeed, no you matter how you, many. You
1: can't learn yeah. simply by reading or two, either and having other people do it. All it can do is help speed it up, mm-hmm. but it cannot ever replace it. Yeah. Um, you have to, and you will learn yourself. Um, and I, you need to be careful if you're investing with other people. Are they learning on your dime? Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, uh, I, I think that that's something that a lot of people don't realize that failure is part of it. So like, I always think I just want to make sure you got over that before I gave you my money. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I'm okay yeah. with failure being part of it. Just, I don't want it on my dime. So, uh, <laughs> which like we did, we failed and we failed a lot and yeah. it was on our own dime. Right. Um, and so you learn a lot of these lessons, you guys, the hard way, there's just no other way. If, if there's somebody that has not failed, That scares me actually, because it isn't, it's not if, it is a matter of when, because that's how it works. That's how the economy works, that's how business works. And if you fail, it doesn't mean that you're bad or wrong and that you can't succeed. That's not what that means, right? It's just a point on your journey. And so uh, like, we need to be really careful about, first of all, valuing things that actually hold no value. I've never gotten in trouble. I've never done any of these things, right? Okay, well, that, that means you have no value. You haven't learned any of those lessons and you will.
0: You're not growing. Because
1: you, there's no possible way you can know everything. I don't. And that is actually one of the most valuable lessons that I learned from failing, is that I don't know everything that's gonna go on or happen. So guess what? I protect myself from all of those holes and I try my best to manage risks because I know I can't get rid of them. And I know a lot of young people, they they, they are not doing that. And I know that because I didn't do it, right? Um, so leverage all the things that you have and help other other people that may be able to see what you don't see, manage risks and listen to them. Uh, I didn't do that once and it almost financially ruined me. I ignored inexperienced people and attorneys, and it almost financially destroyed me. Uh, it was a very hard lesson to learn. Now, hindsight, it's obvious, but during the time it wasn't. And um, I, you know, I was young and I was hungry. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, just press forward. Um, and so you need to be able to fail. And I, it's funny, I think, uh, it i think i was talking to my kids about it on the way to school today where i'm like you have to understand that you're going to fail you need to fail and you need to be ready to fail so if you're going to do anything no if i'm going to fail the upside might as well be really good
0: mm-hmm.
1: because the risk to reward needs to be aligned and then because you know you're going to fail you need to be ready to manage the failure And I'm always looking at when we fail, how will that be managed? And uh, I, I don't think people spend enough time on that. And I think that's particularly true in real estate and people that start the business of real estate because real estate has this magical phenomenon that's called the market. And the growing or the prevailing theme is that you buy real estate and you get rich because the market makes it worth more rents go up and values go up Um, and that is one of the most dangerous things you can think now first of all it doesn't mean that it's not true but what people do is they defer to it so much that they are blindly ignoring huge downsides Um, and they are basically betting on the market Mm -hmm. not themselves or the asset And uh, that's a very, very dangerous place to be in because you can't build a business around that. And we're seeing that today. I I know there's large operators that raised over the last few years, hundreds of millions of dollars, and they are getting emergency funding Mm -hmm. because I think they thought the money would never end. And um, these people were new to the industry as most syndicators were, and uh, they're learning a hard lesson, right? And uh, that's not one that I want anybody to learn. It's not fun. And you don't want to see anybody fail. The only people that want to see people fail are the ones that haven't failed themselves because it sucks. And it is not (laughs) something you want. And it doesn't mean that you're doing good if others are failing. Like I know if somebody else is failing and needing emergency funds, that means that we're not doing good. So this is and should be a team sport. Um, And you need to realize that if, even if you have raised hundreds of millions of dollars and you've only been in this game for four or five years um, that's first of all incredible good for you the amount of skill I, I like that's 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 awesome right and I I can only assume that they're you know they're they're trying to set things in place um, and they're relying on other people and that's good and you should and so if you haven't and you're listening to this please do. Go find the experienced people that have the scars. And what we would do after I had the scars and everything, everybody, whether it was my CPAs or mentors, things like that, I would say, show me how this is gonna fail. I didn't, I didn't care how it was gonna succeed because that I could see, or I, wasn't, I wouldn't be doing it. Mm. But I'd say, show me how I'm gonna fail. I, like, because I know there's probably 15 ways, so we need to see what they'll be and so we can manage it exactly. in case it occurs and I know that I can't see them. Um, And then people would look at it from a different perspective and say, all right, well, this could happen, this, 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 this." and you start making lists, and then you start to um, evaluate and prepare for those chances and odds. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's that's a great practice, especially you guys, if you're taking other people's money. We do things that we take other people's money and uh, some things that in the short term don't work very well. They don't. I fully admit it. They don't yield the highest results in in the short term. But man, do they in the long term. Mm-hmm. And uh, we sacrifice the short term for the long term because I don't. Failure to me is if I, you know, obviously lose a property. But if I have to do capital calls or something like that, which I don't ever want to do, and I don't want to be in a position to do it. So I always sacrifice the short term for the long term. We will take higher interest rates to have been locked in for a decade. In the short term. That didn't look good. We, we build up higher reserves. So in the short term, we don't wanna give huge distributions to investors. The reason is because we're like, we need to get huge, not only good reserves, but we need to know what the cash flows are gonna look like. And if you take over an asset, there's no way you know that year one. First of all, we have a busy season and a slow season. So depending on when you buy it, you may have not even been fully operating within a busy season. Mm-hmm. And so how am I supposed to be just doling out our cash flow and cash reserves when i don't have steady cash flow um, and predictability and know what the market and the market cycle is doing right so maybe am i too conservative on that maybe but i also look at it like this we can we're always going to give the cash flow and distributions because it doesn't mean it's gone but if it's gone and you need to get it you're in big trouble mm-hmm. it doesn't work the other way around so you know when you are building once again the business of storage You need to rely on others, and um, you need to be very pragmatic and cautious about doing it. Because the business of storage, unlike the day-to-day operations, is a form of leverage. And you can leverage legal, money, experience, opportunities, everything else, but there's also consequences. And two, when you're leveraging and when you're scaling, most of the time you don't see them, and small, you know small potholes can derail really big trains mm-hmm. and um you want to make sure that you're, you're not in that boat
0: yeah just takes one
1: just takes one and it, it, you just can't stop a train mm-hmm. and that leverage is you know it piles up it's you know you don't want to get trapped like that and i know in two once again for those that are right now that are listening to this um you know, you're not alone, first of all, and there's people that you can reach out to. Uh, it, it has been 2023, everybody has been a really hard year for operators, all of us, it was hard for us, really hard. Was, if you're in storage and um, you don't think it was hard, that just means you don't have very much storage or market exposure, so that's it. You just happen to be lucky and have like one and, and, and you know things, but it, it it was a hard year for storage, you guys. Sure. the largest rate drop we've ever had in history right capital markets that were hard and you know we there's um a gentleman out of Southern California who's a developer who you know he um killed himself and his it, his developments were going under things like that and I, and I want to make sure it's very clear there, there's no reason for any of anybody to get in a despair mode like that so if you had been rocking and rolling and now you feel like it's the wheels are coming off um please don't do anything rash um and it's okay right it's okay it's money okay um and two there's lots of people out there that want to help and reach out to them um and we're happy to know and you know once again you're desperate reach out to us that's okay it's okay and it's okay to get help everyone i needed so much help when i got in trouble um and i was so appreciative of that help um, and so there, there's lots of help and there's, and two also, I think a big thing for a lot of people is they don't, it's so consuming. They can't even see out of it. Mm-hmm. And like having been through this stuff, I know, oh, that's okay. it's okay. Look, it's going to pass this stuff passed. Right. I set it up so we could go through these hard times. In fact, I set it up because I want to take advantage of the hard times. Right. right. But it, I know that it'll pass, so I, I think I can think about it differently than a lot of younger people that are in it and they bet everything, maybe their family's money, things like that, and then they feel hopeless and in despair, and that is something we don't want. This is an amazing industry, amazing assets, guys. We're already bouncing. we I firmly believe we've hit the bottom and the bottom's not even bad. And you know, there's cases and scenarios, guys, where it is bad and that's okay, right? You, you come through it. So plenty of help, everybody. And when you're in the business of storage, it's leverage. It is, so you do fill things bigger. When you get hit with a 10% vacancy across five facilities, whew, wow, does that hurt compared to one? And when you have manager problems and you have 10 of managers as opposed to one, when you have insurance problems or you have to finance four deals instead of one and you're having problems getting financial tr- troubles, right? You don't have a full team, you're doing it all and what that worked when times were easy you could do it all because there wasn't that much work and now all of a sudden when things get hard work also scales and now you're drowning and you don't know what to do right um i i want it to be very clear that it's all right okay uh and i know 2023 uh was rough but 2024 guys is going to be way better we've been saying this since 2021 when i put it out 2023 would suck 2024 would be our transitionary time, right? And 25 and six, we're gonna be incredible. And for those of us that are in it, sticking it out, right, um, this is awesome. This is great times, everybody, to get into it, to be starting, to be getting assets, and to expand and grow. And a lot of people that I think are just learning the reality where it may have been masked because times were too good, where this is actually normal operational things. And you may need to adjust your business model for normal things. But once again, everybody, that's okay. Now use it to take advantage of it. Yes. Take advantage of what you're learning and leverage it, right? I mean, that's what we're, we're buying, we're yeah. building. I, I couldn't even be more bullish about the spots that we're building and developing in because now we have uh, supply contraction. Mm. So demand is going to be v- dramatically increasing over the next three years that it wouldn't have been if we didn't have a downturn. Mm. So we, we are, like my biggest problems that I have is we, we're we not able to take advantage of enough. There's not enough deals for us to buy. And there's not enough money out there for me to get to buy when we want to. And we're so hungry too. So um, take advantage of the opportunities. And if you need help, go ask for it. Because the business of storage guys is different than if you're just investing in one. Um, and uh, that's okay
0: exactly right and again reach out to us we're always here for you yes and uh able to connect some dots able to help out uh always here and again we have um, a great community everybody jump in there amazing
1: and like i mean people want to help yeah Um, doing deals together do deals together if you're sitting here going i want to get into this aj but i don't know how to get money i don't go like answers come from other people network they know people they know your situation they can help out you got to put yourself in those groups, though. you got to get in the middle of it. you got to get with others to find those solutions.
0: Exactly right. And so build that leverage. Build your team. That's the legal, the accounting, the finance, all the back-end pieces you're going to need to build out that business. Get out there. Get some deals done. Get with those people that have taken the learning opportunities from, whether it's 2008, yeah. from 2023, whatever, it, whatever is, it is. Take those learning opportunities from people who've been there, done that, move forward, leverage, and go out there and build your empires. Love it. Thanks everybody. Take care. Are you a new
1: self storage investor and want to know what that facility is worth, what the risk is, how to underwrite it? Well, that's exactly what we do in a feasibility study. A feasibility study, we actually look at the market for you. We look at the finances, the underwriting, we show you where the upside is, the downside and all the risk. That is actually what you can provide to banks to get capital and investors. It's a big worksheet which most banks actually require. So if you wanna know what a storage facility is worth that you're looking at, come to us, follow the link in the show notes, and we will tell you.